What is up, everyone? My name is Andrew Miller, and welcome into episode eight of the Orange and Black podcast. In this episode, we'll review the Columbia Regional and Campbell's trip down to Columbia, South Carolina for the NCAA baseball tournament and preview the offseason as we wrap up Campbell Athletics for 2023. All that and more on this edition of the Orange and Black podcast. Pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it, and we want to enjoy that and embrace it and and fight through the struggles. All right, everyone, before we get started, be sure to subscribe to Orange and Black to get news updates, stories, and behind-the-scenes intel surrounding Campbell Athletics, along with plenty of podcasts along the way. You can sign up for free or log into a paid subscription to get exclusive access to the Orange and Black Discord chat, where we discuss Campbell Athletics every day and share behind-the-scenes info. It was a fun weekend for the Camels down in Columbia that featured some ups and downs. Dylan, what were your thoughts on the weekend? Uh, a lot of crying. Uh, no, kidding. Um, it, I mean, just a overall great weekend. Um, it, I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, but I, I think we, we got to be proud of, proud of this team, something we can definitely be proud of and, uh, look forward to, uh, discussing the whole entire weekend. It was very action packed to say the least. Yeah, as we kick off episode eight, Dylan, who is your all-time number eight in Campbell Athletics history? So, uh, I, I, me and you talked behind the scenes, and we were kind of looking at number eights, and uh, kind of the first one baseball popped up for me is uh, Wes Noble. Um, he was, a, I think, a senior when we were coming into Campbell. Uh, I remember kind of the the – guy behind behind the scenes uh kind of after uh alan wine and to be west oval um he was a great starting pitcher starting pitcher to begin with um like he, he was just phenomenal and then they put him in the bullpen where uh, he was just lights out um senior year was kind of kind of iffy but um i mean overall when when west noble had the ball you you know it was kind of shut down. Um, some of his career honors, um, uh, he had pitcher of the week back in uh, 2018, along with relief pitcher of the week. Um, just overall great guy. I got to talk to him as well um, as I was kind of starting out my uh, athletics um, career at Campbell, and just overall great guy. Uh, great guy to be around. Um, some of his career, um, kind of statistics, uh, 199 two thirds innings, um, had an ERA of 5.36, uh, which, uh, he didn't have a good, uh, freshman year that kind of bloated up. Um, but otherwise his best year was 2017. I had a 3.52 ERA, um, and the guy just mashed, um, he was always there uh, whenever Coach Hare uh, needed the guy to take the ball. Uh, West Noble was there and uh, just a great guy overall. 61 appearances um, for the Camels, uh, 19 start, 
and he had one complete game and a shutout. So uh, Wes Noble is my number eight. Andrew, who is your number eight? When we first talked about this and I texted you and said we're on episode eight, I thought it was going to be a little difficult, but then we were able to find some good names like Wes Noble. I'm going to have to go with Greg Milhouse Jr. If you remember during our time there, he was kind of the face of the defense for the Camels. And he, you know, big defensive lineman. He was named first team all Pioneer Football League. Thank God that we are out of the PFL. And now we're moving to the CAA. But in his senior, in his final season, he recorded 49 total tackles with 12 and a half tackles for a loss and five sacks. And before Brevin Allen came along, he held a lot of those defensive records for the Camels. And he was one of the guys, really the first guy to be able to make it to an NFL camp. He played, he got invited to the Giants camp and played with them for a little bit in some preseason games. And he kind of opened up that door for some Campbell football players to be able to be signed to some NFL teams. Obviously, this past year we saw um, and after the draft, we saw three guys sign and kind of continue that trend there. Um, those three guys, like I mentioned before, Brevin Allen, Julian Hill, tight end. He signed with the Miami Dolphins and then Aaron Maddox joined the Indianapolis Colts with Allen going to the Los Angeles Chargers. So the pipeline to the NFL for Campbell football players was all started by Greg Milhouse Jr. And he was big number eight. You couldn't miss him out there on the field. So. Some great number eights. Also, I thought about Waldy Arias. He was there during our time, and he was kind of part of that Campbell baseball transformation whenever they flipped the switch and started their run of success. And he played all over the infield. Um, you know, he played some third, some second, some short, depending on who was out there. And then, obviously, when you had Zach Neto running around, he he got the nod at shortstop uh, with good reason as he is the starting shortstop for the Los Angeles Angels now. Let's dive into the weekend. Campbell traveled down to Columbia, South Carolina for the Columbia Regional, a field that was slated with the host South Carolina, NC State as the three seed, and Central Connecticut State as the four seed. Campbell was able to play all three of those teams over the weekend. Campbell was able to make the regional final for the third time in program history, joining the likes of 2019 and 2021. Back in 2019, Campbell was in the uh, Greenville regional final. And back in 2021, when Campbell traveled down to Duty Noble Field to take on Mississippi State in that regional. Overall, the Camels all season, they were ranked for 14 straight weeks. And they climbed as high as number nine in the D1 poll at one point. And just overall record-setting season for the Camels. Unfortunately, they were eliminated by South Carolina in the regional final on Sunday. Campbell opened up the weekend with a 5-1 to loss to NC State. They followed that up with a 10-5 to win versus Central Connecticut State. They then, then pounded NC State in an elimination game 11-1 to before getting eliminated by South Carolina on Sunday night, 16-7. to Dylan, let's jump into each game, and let's talk about that Friday matchup against NC State. It was not pretty, and it just seemed like Campbell couldn't get anything going, and the ball was literally bouncing all over the place for the Camels. 
Yeah, the, that was rough. Um, that was not the start we kind of all thought we were going to get. Um, uh, I mean, the offense was just non-existent. Uh, it, uh, I don't know where it went, but it did not get on the bus that day. Um, and so I just, it's one of those things where, uh, a guy who at at the time had 11 home runs, uh, uh, James Groover, uh, hits a homer. Um, and then just kind of sky down from there. Um, and he ended up hitting another homer. Um, Cade wasn't his absolute best, uh, but his not absolute best was still pretty great. If that makes any sense. Uh, I mean, he went six innings, seven seven hits, three runs, one earned. Uh, we had some errors on top of that. I mean, we had three errors, which, I mean, when you start off a regional with three errors, that is never good. Um, and I, I think this year, kind of overall, the defense killed us in a lot of games. Uh, we were able to get saved in a lot of games. Um, but when you come to regional, there's nowhere to hide. You need to be on your a game. Um, and we were just not on our a game. Uh, but I mean, Kate pushed it all the way to six innings, 105 pitches, um, for, uh, we'll talk about it later, probably his last time in a camel's uniform. Um, which is sad to see him, potentially go on an L. Uh, but it's great to see that he went out on his absolute best, his absolute shield, um, with some great pitching. Uh, I mean, just some luck. I mean, the only offense that they could kind of say was Cade's fault was the Homer. Everything else was, was unearned, uh, airs leading to run. So, um, and then we had the the fly out. So it was just not a good start to to the regional. Uh, I think we we all said we need to get off to a great start because um, every single year we've been out in the first game and then we've had to play on on the back foot, um, which we did this whole regional. And that's not what we wanted to see. Um, Logan Whitaker for its state pitch uh, really, really well. Four and a third, five hits, uh, four strikeouts, two walks. Uh, I mean, he just pitched wonderful. Um, Box Rucker and Aaron Ron came in, also gave up a run. The Jackson Roberts made an appearance, so not a lot of work from the from the bullpen. Uh, Cade kind of went majority of the way, so uh, wasn't taxi on the bullpen. It was just kind of a, a a sloppy game offensive for the Camels, and um, sad to see if that is the last appearance for Cade, him going out that way. Campbell was able to hold NC state to just three earned runs. Obviously they lost five to one, but early in that game, Campbell kicked the ball around a little bit and that red led to two free runs for the Wolfpack. And you take those errors away and then you're looking at a totally different ball game. Obviously they were able to get a few home runs in that game. But it just didn't seem to be the Campbell's night as they had the couple errors. Campbell was able to load the bases at one point and couldn't convert. And that just kind of told the story of the game. Campbell was held to one run for just a second time all season. 
the other game being against Presbyterian when Campbell dropped that game in the doubleheader whenever they were playing in Clinton, South Carolina. So obviously a unaccustomed performance from the Camels on Friday night, and it carried over into Saturday for about six innings. We'll jump into that game against Central Connecticut State. Campbell was able to rally back in that game and secure the 10-5 to win. Dylan, as we move into Saturday's game, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I Like you said, the first six innings, uh, I think everybody thought we were in big, big trouble. Um, Central Connecticut State jumped out to an early lead. Um, it got up all the way up to five um, at one point. And yeah, we were... We were all thinking we were in very deep waters. Um, like, uh, like, like I said earlier, like the offense just did not show up at all. Um, it was just non-existent. Um, I, I don't know, uh, if the, uh, pregame ceremony was just not working. Um, but, uh, it eventually, it eventually worked. Uh, the floodgates opened up. And uh, Bryce Arnold ended up having the grand slam to <laughs> that. Uh, I think broke D one's internet, broke Campbell's internet. I I mean, I think I saw at some point it had like twenty to thirty thousand views. Um, Br MLB page picked it up. Um, yeah, the floodgates just opened up. Um, feel bad for a Central Connecticut State starter. Um, he was doing so well, went to the reliever and the reliever gave up seven in an inning, which is tough to see. Um, hats off to them. They played really, really good. Uh, I think their starter was their ace. Um, so hats off to them. Uh, they played really, really well. Um, and they had their 100% lineup. Um, but the offense just woke up. Uh, Bryce Arnold with that grand slam, like I said, and then it just kind of went went our way. Um, scoring on on airs, playing Campbell baseball with death by a thousand, whatever you can score, um, and and that's how we did it. And then Jared Belbin um, hitting another home run. Uh, tell me if you haven't heard that one before. Um, but yeah, it, it just opened up um, from everywhere. Um, Hunter Lloyd did really, really well to keep us in the game. Um, and then Ty Cummings came in. Um, and it just kind of the bullpen uh, took care of the rest um, um, from there. But yeah, no, it was the, the beginning of the offense waking up and showing up at the Columbia Regional. Yeah, for the first six innings, it was more of the same for the Camels as we saw on Friday night against NC State. Campbell once again gave up five runs in the first three, well, through five innings, they gave up five runs. And with three of those runs being earned and then two earned runs. So some more of kicking the ball around and it seemed like more of the same. I will wear it. I was not happy. And I try to be pretty positive on Twitter, but it was it was looking pretty bleak at that point until Campbell was able to, you know, load the bases by beating out 
a bun attempt and you know playing Campbell baseball honestly and then we've seen it all year Campbell has not been great with the bases loaded but when it mattered most Bryce Arnold stepped up to the plate and absolutely destroyed a baseball over the left field fence that tied the game and then the very next inning Campbell was able to put up another five spot to take the lead and then you were able to bring in Aaron Run after that and shut it down um, which was just another great performance for him. He was great all weekend. And shout out to him as, and coach Hare touched on this after the game and his post game press conference. And you saw it on Twitter as this kid was at a Juco a couple years ago and was not even touching 80 miles an hour with his fastball. He comes to Campbell and he becomes the shutdown guy, the long inning guy. Uh, we've talked about it all year. What a great weapon he's been. And now he graduates from Campbell and he was just an all around guy and the go to guy for Campbell this year out of the pen. And he was amazing. Just an amazing career for him as he finishes up, you know, jumps from that high seventies fastball to now at times he was hitting 96, 97, um, in the conference tournament. So just a great story for him. And obviously a great addition to have on the Camels roster last year and this year in a different role coming out of the pen. So Campbell was able to pick up the 10 to 5 win. It was bleak at one point, but whenever the flip, the switch flipped, it was all offense from there. And Campbell was able to carry that offense into the next day as Campbell played NC State in yet another elimination game on Sunday, Campbell was able to pick up that 11 to 1 win against NC State. And Dylan, from the very first batter, it was all Camels. What did you see from Jared Belvin to start of the game and then from, from Camels the entire game? Yeah, Jared Belvin wastes absolutely no time. Uh, I don't know if they had a hot date in Columbia, South Carolina, or just wanted to get out of there. Uh, but Jared Belvin said, not so fast. Uh, hits an absolute rocket to left field. Um, just add to the to the highlight reels he's gonna have. Um, and then Drew Winters, uh, getting the start, hits a homer himself. Um, so I mean, it, it's like you said all year. It's been guys who have come up and who just produced. Um, and then Jared Belvin with a fly, uh, sacrifice fly. Bryce Arnold getting into it and then Grant Nip hitting a home run. Uh, he's, I, he ended this season on fire, uh, literally on fire. Um, and so by, by the fourth, I mean, we were up, I think seven at that point. Um, just insanity. Um, NC State probably had, uh, this is a bold take, probably their best pitcher on the mound or one of their best pitchers, Sam Heifeld. Uh, I saw him pitch against uh, North Carolina last year in the ACC tournament final uh, where I think he went almost a complete game. Um, he's really, really good for NC State. I think they bounced him uh, back to the bullpen, but he made the start in this one. Um Touched him up on uh, two and two thirds, seven hits, seven runs, five earned. Um, and then, uh, Baker Nelson coming in. It's been kind of reliable for NC State. Um, we got to him and then just kind of skyfall from there. Uh, 
chance having probably um other than the the Charleston Southern game, probably his best pitching performance uh, in his Campbell career. Seven innings, eight hits, one run, one earn. Uh, did have a lot of walks, but man went 106 pitches in. Uh, and then the QB coming in, firing Rockets uh, to shut it down. Uh, but yeah, no, it was just offense kept on going. Uh, Dale Thompson stealing a base, uh, hit by pitches, you name it. We scored it, um, and we uh, sent NC State packing back to Raleigh. It was Campbell baseball playing Campbell baseball in that game against NC State. Going back to that Jared Belvin home run, I just want to give a shout-out to Avent's Army on Twitter who, I quote, Belvin is going to have a hard time getting around on ACC fastballs. This is not the Big South. Come and get some. Oops. Well, Belvin got about every little bit of that fastball that he could have in that 3-1 count, and he deposited one over there almost to Williams Street. Uh, and before the tournament, I tweeted out that he was going to hit one out there. And and in a matter of fact, he did, and it was to open that game against NC State. And that really set the tone. Campbell was hot the day before, uh, coming off those two huge innings in the 7th and 8th. And then Campbell was able to carry that momentum over into the elimination game against NC State on Sunday. Like you mentioned, Chance was amazing on the mound. All in all, it was probably the what everything you could have dialed up for the Camels in that situation. You're facing elimination. You know later on if you want to advance out of the regional, you were going to have to beat South Carolina twice. Chance goes out there. And he was awesome. He goes seven innings, allows just one run. And like you said, maybe his best start of the season. But he really gave you that length that you needed in a game like that. And then Wiley Hartley, the QB, was able to come in and and shut it down. And that's all you can ask for in a game like that. Campbell was able to – they had the offense going. The pitching was looking great. And let's talk about the defense in this game. Campbell was able to turn – five double plays, I believe. And that's huge. That really helped. They turned four. I'm looking at it right now. But that really helped Chance get out of some big-time jams throughout the game and allowed him to go those seven innings and throw a total of 106 pitches so Wiley Hartley could come in and shut it down. But we've talked about this in the past. Whenever you get a big lead, you can stretch out your guys a little bit longer, and that's exactly what Campbell needed as Campbell sent NC State packing and back to Raleigh in the elimination game down there. Now let's move into South Carolina. This South Carolina team was not the South Carolina team that finished out the season over the last three or four weeks. South Carolina was finally able to get all of their guys back and healthy, and their offense is explosive. And they're playing in their own ballpark, and that makes a big difference as well. Um, in that game as well, we were able to take a early lead, um, but South Carolina's offense was was just dominant. And you know, when you get to the end of a regional, you get to a regional final, you just got to th- run your arms out there and and see what happens. And you know, Campbell was able to jump out to that two zero lead, and then it was it was a lot of South Carolina after that. Campbell was able to produce some runs later on in the game. 
but ultimately South Carolina was able to win 16 to 7. Dylan, I did not get to watch much of this game. I was working for myself. But tell me what you thought about the final game against South Carolina. Um I think we all thought when Logan Jordan hit the homer in the first Pandano like just utter chaos. Um like ridiculousness like oh we're actually in it and then it came to a very hard crashing halt what use the analogy for how (laughs) sad this was um but it was just south carolina showing up um hats off to them we knew they were going to be good um and they were better than good they were great um I mean, they threw their third starter out there. He was doing good. We got to them um, in the first inning. But after that, it was a little too late. Um, Ty Cummings going out on a shield. Um, it was just all all around just South Carolina touching up our pitching. Um, Ty Cummings just trying their best. And Cam O'Brien going out there. And it was just kind of whoever you could throw out there, maybe stop the bleeding. Um, but it was kind of all she wrote, um, in terms of that. I mean, when you have 16 runs, 17 hits, it's just a little bit too much. Uh, the, the crowd looked like they were crazy. Um, along with the umpires, there were some questionable calls. I think, uh, Spurs up show. That was one thing we agreed on this week. Uh, the umpires, I hope they they are not traveling to Gainesville because uh, that's going to be some terrible umpiring. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Um, Logan Jordan hitting another homer. Um, I, he showed up uh, after not a great Big South tournament. Um, but, yeah, it was just all South Carolina all the time um, from bottom to top of their order. Uh, they're just going to be – hard deal with um they're gonna end up most likely being my pick uh college world series because uh, up and down they're just good um and when you have uh your potential ace shutting down the show uh that's just that's just hard to deal with um and we went on our shield um yes yeah, <laughs> other more much to, to say and say about it we went in there we knew this was going to be a hard game um, and the, this is the bad thing about going through the losers bracket is you, you get to a situation like this where you're playing a double header, uh, second game of that double header, um, and the arms are kind of not there. Um, and then you have to, um, you're just kind of throwing out whoever is there. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard to watch, um, but the Logan Jordan home run to begin with was great to see. Uh, I think it got them scared uh, just a little bit, and then uh, they showed why they are South Carolina, why they swept Florida, and why they're going to be probably my pick for the College World Series. Yeah, great showing for South Carolina. They were they were hot all weekend. They scored an abs- absurd amount of runs all weekend, and. When your bats are hot, you saw it with Campbell. I mean, Campbell put up seven runs, and normally that's pretty good and a heavy on the ball game. But South Carolina was just able to connect on a lot of balls and ultimately be able to win uh, that game and send Campbell home. Campbell ends their season 
down in Columbia, South Carolina. Overall, Campbell finishes their season 46 and 15. That is just three wins shy of the program record of 49 wins in a season. Campbell was 22 and five in the Big South, uh, 20 and four at home. So a great advantage for the Camels playing at Jim Perry Stadium. 20 and nine on the road and six and two in neutral site games with those two losses coming this weekend down in Columbia, South Carolina. Speaking of Campbell and that 20 and four home record, Campbell was not able to host this year, but with that, Campbell was on the verge of hosting. And I think that is what is going to push the ball over the fence per se for the Jim Perry Stadium expansion project to begin from what I have been told and what I have heard is there are plans in the works to make that happen. There are drawings and renderings already for that project. There is some behind-the-scene works that have to go on on the university side. We won't dive too much into those details, but it does sound like that you could see some upgrades coming to Jim Perry Stadium, whereas this time next year, if Campbell is in the same spot to host, they may get that nod over a team like Auburn, who went to and barbecue over the weekend. So, John Cohen, I hope that you enjoyed your two games down there uh, in the Auburn Regional and were able to shake a lot of hands and make all your donors happy because that was the basis for that. Anyway, speaking of moving forward and looking into the future, obviously a lot of sustained success for the Camels over the past five seasons under head coach Justin Hare. Under the... Over that time period, Campbell has been able to win five straight Big South regular season titles and win four of the last five Big South tournament titles. That is nine of the possible ten trophies that Campbell could have claimed during that time, which is pretty good. With success comes comes rumors of the head guy leading the charge, possibly going somewhere else. Coach Hare was the leading one of the leading candidates for the Georgia job before we hopped on here, Wes Johnson, uh, assistant coach from LSU, was announced that he would be the new head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. And as we look at some other names around the country and some other jobs that high, that are highly regarded and could see some movement or interest uh, for Campbell head coach Justin Harry, you have Alabama with their debacle and their gambling uh, problems down there. They're currently their interim head coach has taken over and he is, uh, leading Alabama to, you know, some postseason success there. Also, UCF down in Florida parted ways with their coach. They also had some, some issues with <laughs> altering bats and stuff, but ultimately it was just a production issue down there. It seemed like Cincinnati is also a job that is open. Coach Hare has ties up to that part of the country. And then obviously what everyone is pulling for is for head coach Justin Hare to remain at Campbell and lead the Camels charge into the Colonial Athletic Association next year. Dylan, it's hard to speculate and to predict what is going to happen with head coaches because you just don't know anyone's mindset. You don't know what kind of money 
these places are throwing around. And it seemed like with Georgia that they weren't willing to pay up to get a quality head coach and spend some money. But what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, we want Coach Hare to stay, but your thoughts on some of those opportunities and places that he could end up and that we will uh, hold his hand and try to keep him in the creek as long as we can. Yeah, um, I think, like you said, Georgia, I, I reported by uh, Kendall Rogers, uh, they were not willing to uh, kind of pay up for for those top guys. That's why you saw Wes Johnson uh, head that way. Uh, they were looking for that executive or not executive, uh, looking for kind of a pitching coach or not like the the top name guys uh, in their uh, – the the top guys that you you think of the coach hairs uh godwins uh from the ecu those guys that could be available um so yeah we we just we don't know um just kind of looking through the jobs like you said cincinnati uh is probably gonna be the one that's gonna be um is gonna be interesting coach here because he's got ties up to there I uh, see Penn State's jobs also available. Uh, That's a terrible UCF. job. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants wants that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just put them there because, um, yeah, and I, I like I said, UCF. I don't think he'll be interested in that job. Who knows? Um, Washington State just changed their coaches just to give them respect, but everything else is kind of Campbell's level. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be the Cincinnati job that might interest him. Uh, Alabama, I think with the run that they're having right now, uh, I hope they do not disrespect the coach, the interim coach that they have now, give him a uh, big fat contract offer and extension and make take the interim tag off of him. Uh, seems like the players have bought into what he is producing um and i hope that they hire him i'll take one off uh ucf i i really don't think that's going to interest coach hair um that's kind of on the level of campbell cincinnati is the one that's going to be the tiptoe topic but then again same thing as campbell but Cincinnati has the bigger name, so who knows? Um, and who knows it's, uh, what else is going to be available um, coming up. I think that's mostly all that's going to be available. Um, I think the biggest one we were all worried about was was Georgia. Um, and I believe Georgia did give just, uh, Coach Hare a call um, and was probably insulted by the offer that they were making him. Um, that's why they went to West Johnson from LSU. So, um, if I had to be worried, uh, I'd be worried about Cincinnati, but on a scale of one to 10, it's like a four. Um, they would have to make them an out of world offer for him to go back to where he was from and coach Cincinnati. Um, otherwise I think, He's going to be back at Campbell next year to lead that charge into the Colonial um, and uh, lead that charge into uh, hopefully another regional and hopefully a super regional in the College World Series. 
You would think that for Hare to leave, it would be for a P5 job. One thing to take note of is that both Cincinnati and UCF are both moving to the Big 12, for better or for worse for them. But that is a different topic and something that those programs will have to worry about. Also, that is another thing to note that you're going to be moving into a much tougher conference as you, with a group of five team transitioning into a power five conference. So that's something to keep an eye on. But looking at some of the Cincinnati message boards, they, they mention hair one time on here talking about uh, head coach. But once again, at the end of the day, it ha- you would think it would have to be life changing money for a move to happen. But we will see. I do know that relatively new athletic director Hannah Bazemore is very committed to continuing to help this athletic department as a whole excel, especially with the baseball program. And that is something we'll keep an eye on over the coming weeks. Luckily, you feel like that a lot of these coaches getting fired has probably already happened because it's programs that maybe didn't make it to the postseason. You would think if your program is in the postseason that you're not going to turn around and can your head coach. But so overall, the only P5 jobs that are really out there are Alabama, Cincinnati moving to the Big 12, Georgia, who just hired Wes Johnson from LSU, Memphis, they're in the American. Uh, Their coach went to Missouri. I would not see that move at all as Memphis is a struggling program. Along with that, uh, that pretty, like you mentioned, Penn State, but uh, that's just a terrible place to land. And then UCF as they fired Greg Lovelady and they head to the Big 12 as well. I guess you also have Washington State, but yeah, maybe. I think add to that as well, like, Maybe and this because it was a bad showing for them. Arkansas, I, I don't know. That's a far stretch, a very very far stretch. They had a really really good season, uh, but they had a good god awful regional, um, and they are out. <laughs> TCU, I uh, beat them up. So I, I don't. Again, um. That's one job that could possibly be open. But like you said, I think all the jobs are kind of, if the firings are going to happen, they're already done. But from a team that went to went to a regional, um, Arkansas, I, I don't know. It, it, that one is kind of up in the air. Uh, that's just my first thought of regional teams that did not advance, that should have advanced, Arkansas being one of them that, maybe could can their coach. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. And another program to keep an eye on, and you would think if it was going to happen, it would have already happened, is Mississippi State. They have been on. I mean, we're big, big fans. We have a lot of um, fans down there or mutual friendships just through Twitter um, for some of their fans down there and you know, they've been through the gauntlet the past two years and just haven't been able to hear anything and you would think that they would have already fired Lamonis down there but I guess not I'm trying to log into their message board now but you would think they would already try to be making something happen they fired their pitching coach 
earlier this season. He was a former pitching coach at NC State. But anyway, nothing that we can really do. I know that my wallet is not deep enough to keep anyone anywhere, so we'll let the powers that be handle those situations and just look forward to the future. I do think that if Coach Hare stays, there will be a statue erected at Jim Perry Stadium at some point for that man. I am really close with Coach Hare. He is an amazing person, and he really does care about everyone that he meets. And I think that's a huge reason for his success. You talk to the guy, and you want to go run through a brick wall. So overall, Campbell's been very blessed to have him at the helm and just have some quality assistant coaches around him. T-Rob has been with the program for a while, too. I think the entire tenure that Coach Hare has been the head coach, and then you've filtered in some different Assistant coach names, obviously Tyler Shoemaker is now at Vanderbilt and they were bounced from the NCAA tournament this year. Unfortunately, Uh, you hate to see that for Tyler. I was really close with him as well uh, during his time at Campbell. But overall, just quality people. And one thing that really makes this Campbell program special and we've heard the players touch on it is Coach Hare and his staff. Despite Campbell being a mid-major, they give these players some of the luxuries that you see at Power 5 schools, and that's what helps attract some you know, high-quality talent to come to the creek. That is going to wrap up our coverage. Let's jump into some questions from Twitter. Dylan, I will let you answer this. You did a lot of research, and I'm super glad you did because it can get super confusing with the 800 different COVID years that everyone seems to have. But one question from Twitter from Fully Caffeinated. He is an avid Campbell fan. If you haven't seen him, then I, you must not be on Twitter. But his question is, who is definitely out of eligibility and who is likely getting drafted? Who is back? Also, shout out to him for having uh, being caught the uh, funniest video, South Carolina and South Carolina. I think the South Carolina fan trying to make a catch from a foul ball. And I'm dropping a kid. Uh, I'll leave it there. Um, the kid was anyways. okay. We got further reports. Yeah, the kid, kid, was kid okay. yeah, kid was okay. Um, everything was okay, but just so funny. And shout out to him. Uh, living and dying on the sword for Campbell Athletics this this weekend uh, with his uh, funny takes and dying on the sword as well. Uh, what a funny guy. Um, but to his question, uh, I did some research with um, – and this is no offense to anybody who listens that uh, did not see time this year. Uh, I went pretty much based off of who saw time uh, either on the mound or in the box in the outfield, uh, all the things uh, who saw some stats this year um, at Campbell. Um, so uh, we'll start with the seniors slash red shirt, red shirt seniors slash COVID seniors slash you, we still don't know if they're going <laughs> to, we don't know, but I'm pretty sure they will be gone. Uh, Drake Pearson, uh, shout out to him. Uh, had a bad take that he was going to have a home run. Thought he'd be back. Uh, I think he really wanted to be back. Uh, I think Andrew, you talked to him while you were uh, up at the big South tournament. He severely wanted to be back. Um, I believe it, but I think for the sake of uh, his health, uh, they kept him out, um, which I, I feel bad for him. 
Um, I think I'd love to see him play one more time. Um, uh, put on that Campbell jersey. Um, I think he will be gone. Um, Hunter Lloyd, uh, we think is going to be gone. Uh, there's some people telling us that he has one more year. They list him as a redshirt senior this year. Um, if he is back, that's going to be a great arm to have in in the rotation next year with some great experience. Um, probably will be the number one um, and kind of leading that charge next year. Um, Tyler Halstead, who's kind of been that all-around player, uh, will most likely be gone. Jared Belvin, uh, the great Aussie, uh, has produced some great A shout out to him. I hope he gets drafted. Should get drafted. Um, second baseman with some pop. Uh, I kind of player comparison Robertson Cano. Um, when Robertson Cano was hitting absolute bombs, uh, I kind of put Jared Belbin in in that same category. Um, and then Aaron Ron, um, we're ninety nine point nine percent sure he he's done. Um, past two years, he's been great. You kind of shared that story his fastball was 80 got to Campbell and now it's touching 97. Um, so he should be drafted. It would be absolute disgrace. If he is not drafted, it would be a great bullpen piece for any, any, uh, any player. Um, so we're going to go, um, to our juniors. Uh, these are the guys that will be rising seniors coming up next year. Um, Trenton Harris, which I think, think he was hurt um at the um beginning of the year um i he played some uh played some this year um but i think he got hurt um and then the lineup kind of changed uh chandler chandler riley um third baseman was really good this year Caden Boxrocker, which I think feel like he's been there forever, but he's only a junior. Um, Peyton Howard, um, who came here as a speeds guy, um, and he I think he'll be a reliable right fielder. Bryce Arnold, thank heavens, uh, the Canadians have allowed us to keep him. Ty Cummings will be next year. Uh, Probably gonna earn the second rotation spot. Who knows? Um, he could be the the vice versa. Um, Lawson Harrell, uh, big soft player of the year. Uh, he has one more year. Uh, thank God. Um, and keep him in the six spot. Coach Hare, anybody in Coach Hare's family, if you're listening, please keep him in the six spot. Um, Drew Winters um, had that big home run uh, in the in the regional. Um, he will be back. Uh, Cade. Keeler, uh, hope his mom liked that pronunciation. Um, he has one more year, most likely will get drafted. Um, but if he returns, he will have one more year and lead the Campbell offense. If not, Kate, it's been a great pleasure seeing you on the mound. I uh, can't wait to see you on the mound for a, a, a major league team coming near you. Red Sox, please take a look at him. Um, anyways, uh, Cam O'Brien, um, coming back, he grew up a lot over the years, uh, became a reliable guy. 
Uh, Chance Aquila uh, will probably lead along with Hunter Lloyd next uh, next year if Hunter Lloyd retor- uh, returns. If not, it's going to be Chance's team. Uh, he'll probably be that ace. Baxweller, Logan Jordan, uh, Daniel Brown, who is the one hundo uh, relief pitcher. Hopefully, you'd see a lot of more more of him. Uh, Jeremy Wyman, who got a couple of appearances this year. Jake Murray, hope to see more of him next year. I think he was a good left-hander, pitched great against ECU. Um, Ernie Day, who started out in the rotation, um, he'll be back. And then your rising sophomores, Dale Topston, who played great over the last um, last couple of weeks of the season. Big South tournament in the regional over first base. First base, I think he's going to be that super utility guy, plays all over the diamond. Uh, Grant Nip is just a sophomore. It's great to see. We'll be back um, hopefully next year to be that presence behind the plate um, and make Tyler uh, Babin, uh, Ty Babin's uh, face smile, seeing a great uh, Campbell catcher. Uh, the QB, Wiley Hartley, will be back, uh, and Garrett Kangas, who pitched a little bit. And then Jackson Roberts uh, will be back. Uh, he was a freshman this year. It'd be a great sophomore, great rotation, uh, not rotation piece. Um, he could be a rotation piece if you, if coach hair gets to him enough, but he'll be a great bullpen piece. And then the recruit that everybody has been talking about that we want on campus immediately, uh, that we can't wait to see, uh, Peyton bonds, who is going to be the nephew uh, who, who is the nephew of the MLB great, um in quotation marks doesn't really matter to us uh barry bonds um kid from new jersey um had a great year this year um and i think he'll be a great addition uh outfield piece who uh i'm most likely will have to travel from charlotte to jim perry stadium to see uh peyton bonds play um hopefully hit a nuke um which is going to be great to see. And hopefully he'll have some gear coming out with Campbell attire and bonds him back with 24. That's all we ask from you, Peyton. No, that's not all we ask. We hope you have a, a great Campbell career. Um, they have some other recruit, uh, recruits coming in. Um, and then you don't know what's going to happen in the transfer portal. Transfer portal has so many people. Um, I think one name we had our, our eyes on was Cam Leiter. Uh, Jack Leiter's brother, who just signed for Florida State. Um, but the, you don't know who's going to show up in the transfer portal. Wichita State lost a bunch of players. Um, I think Western Carolina lost a bunch of players. Um, there, there's a bunch of teams who are kind of losing out on a lot of players. So um, you never know who's going to be uh, – coming in for the camels. Justin Harris always looking out for those Juco guys and transfers um, to mix in with uh, the returning guys. Yeah. While you were talking, you probably saw me, my jaw absolutely dropped. So Indiana state who we clowned a little bit, I'll be completely honest. Kudos to them for winning their regional, but the, they were supposed to be able to host their super regional because they won the regional and whoever is paired up with them, the one seed did not win. So they were supposed to host TCU for the super regional. 
And I'm not kidding, but literally because they previously planned to host the Special Olympics the same weekend, they're not going to be able to host a Super Regional, which is just dumb. You know why it's dumb? That's a big, big ouch, big ouch for them. You know why it's stupid, though? It's because Kentucky got to host a freaking regional, and they just put people in hotel rooms. Like, just put people in hotel or in dorm rooms. Dorms. Like, what are we doing? I know this doesn't really have anything to do with the NCAA, but, like, if we're going to bend the freaking rules, like, all over the place for these stupid SEC schools, like, what are we doing here? Same thing. Yeah, it- it, like, it was it was ridiculous that like I we all clowned uh, Indiana State like obviously they had a great a great year um, in terms of their standards it, you could look past the the record versus the RPI top fifty um, and hats off to them they did want, win the regional but when you plan out NCAA I hope you're listening or somebody please send this to the NCAA. When you're planning out these regionals, there is a high possibility anyone from this regional can host. I mean, TCU beat Arkansas. Arkansas was if Arkansas was supposed to host the super regional, they were part of that top eight. Um, but TCU beat them. And so Texas is gonna get a super regional. Um, they were shafted out of a of a regional. Um, and now they're going to get a super regional because there there's poor planning and there's been poor planning uh, kind of all over this regional. Like you said, Kentucky had to put, um, kids in, um, kids in dorm rooms because all the hotels were, were booked due to a country concert. So, um, it's one of those things where like, uh, I don't know if, this needs to be fixed. I'd love people to kind of comment in and maybe somebody would ask a question with a comment that like, what is the NCAA doing when they look at these things? Like, what is a school looking like? I, I understand like Kentucky, they were probably not slated to host anything this year. Kentucky kind of came out of the blue. Indiana state came out of the blue. Um, but that's unacceptable for, for hosts and super host regionals. And that's why Indiana state is not going to get their super regional host. And, and um, I, I would like to know if their AD who was on the committee told the whole committee that if we host a super regional, which Hey, it came true. It wasn't likely to come true, but surprise it did. Like, did you tell them the overall plans in terms of, if we hosted a super regional, this could possibly happen because now you, we at the NCAA has to bend the rule and TCU gets to luck into a, a super regional host. All I have to say is if Campbell is ever in that position where they're like the two seed and they're, they win and then another team is the two seed and there's a bid in between it. I'm going to get our Discord chat, and we're going to go to whichever uh, opposing team, whatever city they're in, and heading into that weekend, we're just going to buy or book every single hotel room and then just cancel it last minute so then Campbell will be able to host the Super Regional. That's my plan That's going a, forward. Sounds like a great, great idea. I mean, but like... Continuing now that the... I'm just... I hate the NCAA. But apparently... So in the regional this weekend down in Columbia... 
Campbell had a bunch of bats disqualified along with NC State, along with Central Connecticut State, but South Carolina did not have any bats disqualified. And this is, this is directly from a parent of one of the players on the team talking about Jared. So Jared Belbin's, one of his bats got disqualified earlier, like in the regional. Um, and this says, so to continue on bat gate, after they disqualified Belbin's bat, he literally took the wrapper off his replacement bat and the machine DQ'd it and DQ'd that bat too. So he literally, I mean, got, got the bat, took it out of the wrapper and they still disqualified it. So I don't, I don't know what they're doing down there. Also, the NCAA hates fun because Campbell had their, the camel head that I tweeted out every game day morning for the past freaking two weeks. And they had it the first three games, but right before the South Carolina game, they told the, the girl who had it that she couldn't bring it into the stadium anymore after well, two full days of baseball. Yeah. And, 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 uh, Thomas, uh, Tommy Harrington, Thomas Harrington's dad was also down there. Um, and he had the, uh, famous crying baby, uh, face that went viral during the, uh, during the Tennessee regional, uh, he let us know, um, or a baseball, uh, parent let us know that, um, that also got taken, not taken away, but he was not allowed to bring it inside the stadium. Um, I reached out to him asking him why, um, they didn't give him a reason why they just said that, um, objects that were covering the face were banned from the stadium. Um, and again, I'm, we're not, uh, dissing South Carolina, um, at all. I respect the guys from, uh, the Spurs up show. Um, they were great hosts, uh, while they had us on. Um, but that's a little bit unacceptable that stuff like props like that probably, I mean, South Carolina probably got away with much more. Um, I mean, I think we, we've taken it everywhere. Tennessee allowed it. Tennessee ran with it, had fun with it. Um, thought it was hilarious. The big South, uh, allowed the, the camel, um, as long as it did not affect the play. So, uh, one of those where, uh, South Carolina, what are we doing? Like NCAA, what are we doing? We're ruining fun. Like it, it was just all part of having fun, all part of our, our thing. So that's why, uh, we should have hosted a regional. Um, and I'll stick by, by that, uh, take for the rest of my life. And the NCAA baseball account literally tweeted out a photo of that camel head and everyone loved it. And then literally a couple hours later, they're like, up oh, psych, you can't bring it in anymore. Also, let's talk about the same thing. NCAA baseball tweets out literally on Logan Jordan's home run. I think it was holy home run, holy bat flip or something. And then he literally gets a warning for like the bat flip. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Like you can't, and, and say, also like it's just dumb. Yeah, that umpire, like that umpire, was having an absolute, and that was the one thing we agreed on with with the Spurs Up show and all the South Carolina fans. That that umpire was having an absolute pity party or whatever, where he had just had a bad day. Like Logan Jordan, like NCAA, like you said, tweeted it out. Everybody tweeted it out. Holy bat flip. And he gets a warning for that. Like it, 
I, I don't know. Like, and the the umpire was the plate like strike zone was terrible. Like, Ty Cummings was struggling to struggle, like struggled to get a strike. Uh, their pitcher Matthew Becker, um, he was struggling to get strikes. Um, I think Coach Hare and Mark Kingston, um, Coach of South Carolina. Uh, they were about 10 seconds away from joining together and getting <laughs> taking the umpire somewhere in the backyard in the Boonfields of South uh, South Carolina. Uh, that's just my my take on it. But um, all in all, that that uh, there was some really hinky things that happened at at this regional. Not blaming South Carolina fans. Um, more blaming the South Carolina officials and the NCAA, whoever made the call for the Logan, Logan Jordan bat flip being warned to stop being banned to bats being taken away. Um, Oh yeah. South Carolina had no bats taken away. Um, Just some hinky stuff that, that happened, which I'm, I'm not a fan of. I, I don't understand why it happened. All in all, it, it is what it is. But there's just so many quirky things that the NCAA has these rules, and it, it's ultimately up to these umpires to enforce it, and there's just no real direction on anything. It's just annoying. But the season's over for the Camels, so it is what it is. We'll jump into our final question here. We touched on it a little bit. Uh, one of them is, what is the point? This is from Dustin Maven on Twitter. What is the point of having the Astros help pay for a new turf field if we were going to have to use Fayetteville for a potential regional? Dustin, the biggest thing there is the capacity. Uh, the NCAA looks at that. The NCAA, as we have just mentioned, we love the NCAA, but they are money-driven. And so with a stadium expansion coming up, that could help Campbell uh, move forward. The thing with the AstroTurf paid for by the Houston Astros is they were willing to give us the money, and that was able to free up some money to make some other upgrades. Uh, obviously, uh, Jim Perry and his wife Daphne gave a lot of money for the pavilion, but you also have to have some funding to to get that off the ground, so some of that money went there. And then you're just able to overall, you know, whenever you can – take a free sum of money and put it towards a huge project that frees up a lot of money for other various things. And Campbell was able to do that there. One other thing that is a big factor um, that we just touched on for Indiana state is they had a lack of hotels for the super regional weekend is you had to have places for these people to stay. You had to have places for these people to eat. And so that would be the last factor that could be tough for Campbell, there are hotels around in Dunn and Benson and in Fuquay, obviously. But that's another factor to keep an eye on. I know Campbell is not going to build a hotel. Uh, that's it's not going to happen. It is a money pit, um, especially for during the summer months and making money um, Monday through Friday and outside of the big weekends around campus. Um, also, while we're sitting here talking, apparently uh, there is going to be a new shopping center between Bowie's Creek and Lillington. Uh, they're about to start developing 86 acres for a shopping center, and it is going to be similar to the likes of North Hills and Raleigh, 
with some outdoor green space, free concerts, and other things like that. There's supposed to be uh, 1,000 uh, new residences. Um, it's going to be centered around a Harris Teeter or a Lowe's, and it's going to have retail space, um, some banks, bank spaces, and and other stuff like that. So for the people who like to clown on Bowie's Creek, uh, there, there's on the up and up, which is awesome and good to hear for Campbell students. Um, it's still not a long drive to Bojangles. So everybody talks about how it's takes forever to get anywhere, but I live in Raleigh and it takes 10 to 15 minutes to get to a Bojangles, no matter where you are in Raleigh. So it's about the same thing and you don't have to yell at people in traffic. But anyway, that's awesome for. Campbell as a whole for Hornet County and for um, Bowie's Creek and Lillington area. That's awesome. And give some people places to shop and do some things and just overall um, good stuff there. So to your, to your question, Dustin, it has to do with the capacity at a stadium and then places for people to stay. Um, so all those things seem to be figuring themselves out as we move past the season. Unfortunately, it didn't all line up this season for the Camels, but overall Campbell was able to have a great season and was able to claim their fifth straight Big South regular season title and their four out of the last five Big South tournament titles. Guys, the season is over. The final Campbell athletic events of the 2023 season or era for Campbell Athletics is this weekend as the track and field teams head down to Austin, Texas for the NCAA championships. They advance, I believe, eight uh, out of the regionals to the championships, which is a program record. That action will start this week. Keep an eye on Twitter. You can follow along. And you can also keep track at GoCamels.com. I believe their Twitter handle is as my internet. It's not loading. Anyway, just search it on Twitter and you can find it. But they'll be in action this weekend. Oh, it is at GoCamelsTFXC. So that's track and field cross country. You can keep up with all the action there. Tristan Elledge, he is a good buddy of mine that I work with at Camel. He'll have all the coverage there for you. And we're going to have some awesome video content, it looks like, for you as well. Um, one final shout-out um, to the creative teams all year for Campbell. They really stepped it up this year, and it makes a big difference, especially when you're winning and you get engagement. It helps grow the brand. Huge shout-out to Chris Haymeyer and all the people under him. He has a whole team working for him now, and it really does make a difference and helps grow the brand. So shout out to them and also a huge shout out to all the Campbell fans. Y'all were awesome all year, uh, especially at all these neutral site games. Uh, it was amazing. There was a lot of fans there, a lot of excitement. And then for Jim Perry Stadium, able to be sold out, I believe, eight times all year. That's something that we have not seen in the past. There was sellout for Friday night games against big South opponents, which is just awesome. And just it's just awesome to see. I know during our time there, that was not a common occurrence. So just an awesome way to end the year down in Columbia. There was a lot of fans there, a lot of support. 
And as we move forward, we're going to kind of stay on the baseball topic as we move into the summer with not a lot going on. We're going to have some features and some pods with some former Campbell baseball alumni. Hopefully, uh, my dream would be to get Mr. Zach Neto on the pod, but he is busy uh, playing in the MLB. Um, but we'll have some coverage for you over stress throughout the summer. And then we will gear up for football season. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap up the baseball season and wrap up this episode? Uh, yeah, everybody, uh, go annoy Zach, uh, go annoy Cedric Mullins. We'd love to have them on the pod, uh, talk about their time at Campbell. Um, like you said, Campbell fans were absolutely insane. Uh, we went to the, the Big South, uh, basketball final against UNC Asheville. Um, I had no voice, uh, for like a day and a half, uh, cause we were cheering our, our butts off. Um, so yeah, and we just broke so many program records all over different sports, made regionals, made tournaments, uh, made some noise, stole some big South hardware, um, that we could put in the trophy case. And, uh, I'm interested to see, uh, what is, uh, to come of the CAA, uh, with the first sport being football, testing out the waters of the CAA, um, and uh thanks big south for uh all you done uh i I worked at the big south uh office as an intern um before covid started so i know how much hard work they put in uh mark simpson kyle coander um all the big south staff um that that put hard hard work time and effort um i know they're going to be um working their butt out butts off still um, but uh, we're looking forward to the CAA and uh, to all the CAA schools. Uh, hi. Yep, it'll be an exciting time as Campbell moves into the Colonial Athletic Association. We'll reach out. We'll try to get some content to preview uh, Campbell's move to the CAA, what all of the Campbell athletic teams can expect, and that obviously kicks off with football come this fall and we are excited Campbell fans can't give too much mention or details of it but keep an eye on the Campbell athletic socials come July 1 it's going to be some exciting stuff there it's going to be awesome as Campbell transitions into the CAA it's going to be a new era for Campbell and it is going to be fun it was a great year for Campbell Athletics, Dylan. It was fun, and it was able to be capped off by Campbell heading to their third regional final in program history. We'll have more coverage for you scattered throughout the summer. But for Dylan Shanklin, I'm Andrew Miller. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Orange and Black Podcast. Pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it, and we want to enjoy that and embrace it and and fight through the struggle.